We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we are live with week five of the NFC East Feast. We're after four weeks of the season. I think it's safe to say we've seen some good, some bad, and certainly some ugly uh, in this division, fresh off of a vacation, John. Good to have you back in studio, sir. Yeah, man, I feel refreshed. And man, what a week, dude! We got three teams in the NFC East that I think can be very proud of their their Week Four performances, and then one that uh, wishes that the, they did a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, oh, they cer- they certainly do, and we'll get to that one here um, as we recap uh, Monday Night Football. But I want to start off with uh, what I thought was the game of the week, not only in in the division, but in the NFL. Overtime thriller. The Eagles come away with the victory. We'll break down the X's and O's in just a minute, John. But I got to start with the question that everybody's talking about. Did Riverboat Ron go to rehab? Or do you agree with his decision to play for overtime? What are your thoughts on the two-point conversion or lack thereof? Yeah, man, that's a tough call. I've, I've debated it in my head all uh, all the last few days. Um, it's tough because in hindsight, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty, and everybody's got an opinion. So it's. Uh, I think I wish they would have gone for it because I think that if you're planning out the season and you're looking at the grand scheme of things that, you know, that's one that I know, at least I do, I pencil in a loss at Philadelphia, right? Like with that crowd, but the way that the game was flowing, the energy that the team had, um, I know he said that they were gassed or that just sounded like a poor excuse. In my opinion, it looks like he was just coming up with something in the press conference to say, but I kind of wish he had, but then again, you look at the flip side of it. If he goes for it and doesn't get it, everybody's gonna gonna roast him and say, you know, why not just kick, you know, take the point, go into overtime and cross your fingers for the ball. So it's one of those situations where it's situations where you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But yeah, his namesake, Riverboat Ron, that is that's long gone, dude. Like that he that is not the coach uh, of today's uh, Washington Commanders. He. And the enemy, I don't know, you know, which one has the greater influence offensively right now, but they, we are a very conservative team when it comes to, to uh, situational football. And well, I mean, what would you have done? I think, as you say, it's, it's really easy to play uh, Monday morning quarterback, or in this case, Wednesday evening quarterback. Uh, but as I heard uh, our, our friend on the herd say this week, if you go for two there, in worst case scenario, you don't get it you can almost 
give Sam Howell and that team a moral victory to be like, we came on the road, we were eight and a half point underdogs, and we were, a, you know, that did that tip, tip pass away from pulling off and stealing the win. So you could almost still have some morale. Whereas what happened is you guys actually get the ball first. So you have so so Ron looks very smart there for about 10 minutes. We got the ball, we're driving downfield. Controversial play with Terry McLaurin. I think his foot was inbounds. Yeah, I realized saw controversial some... plays at the end yes. of this game. So yeah, a lot of controversy around it. <clears throat> but you guys get the ball back, you don't score, give it to Jalen Hurts, and then the NFC um special teams player of the week, and probably the best kicker in the NFL right now, Jake Elliott boots a whatever 50, 55 yarder, his fourth right. field goal of the day to to seal the win. And it's it feels a little heartbreaking. I still think you would agree with with me that it's a moral victory. You guys played very well, and you're two and two. It's not like that win dropped you to zero oh and four. And now you know right. your season's lost. You're still in the hunt for the wild card, so I so I think it's a, it's a good loss, but going for two and not getting it, I think it's a better loss if that makes sense. I kind of agree. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I, I, George wanted to I go for George, two. Yeah, he would have. He would have wanted to go for two for sure. I, and you know, I I hate to blame referees right because like we you know it's like you flash back to last year we came away with a victory in Philadelphia largely in part to a couple of bad calls, right? But there were a couple of bad calls at the end of this game. Terry stepping on a defender, then his foot kind of rolls off of the defender's arm out of bounds. Like, say what you will about it being inbounds or not, it looked inbounds to me by the time, you know, it's like, that's such a hard call. But I think if they make the opposite call on the field, it sticks. Uh, and then also this tush-push play, I still don't fully know how I feel about it. It's, it is the fact that other teams are failing at this on a week to week basis, you know, does give it some credentials, but it's also very easy when Lane Johnson, uh, sorry, not Lane Johnson, their, their right guard is like a good half second early on yeah. the touch push snap, like making contact with the defender before the ball is snapped. And the, and the referee who would be looking at that is not even looking in the direction of the, the freaking play because he's not set they're not it's just it's a little chaotic so that was irritating but i agree with you i think monday morning quarterbacking here like go for two ron like if if the loss was already penciled in give your guys the best shot just go for it put your foot on their throats you know and this this wasn't just all the the uh, bad decision of ron rivera this is also you're on the road in a hostile environment playing Probably, I think most people would agree, the second best team in the NFC right now. Jalen Hurts uh, throws for 300 yards, a couple touchdowns. Uh, DeAndre Swift has an average game. He had like 50 yards, got in the end zone. Um, A.J. Brown, an elite wide receiver. Um, Emmanuel Forbes had some good moments against him. I, th- I think that experience for the young rookie going head-to-head with, 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 an, with an alpha uh, with uh, alpha wide receiver like A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's just so goddamn strong. Like Emmanuel Forbes, just not physical enough. A.J. Brown goes for 175 yards and two touchdowns. He was kind of the difference in the game. Still don't think we've seen Philadelphia play their best ball. But this is this is a good football team. This is a well coached team, and and uh, as we said before, they just beat you up with the best offensive and defensive line in football. Our guy, uh, probably well, let's just call him the, the defensive rookie of the year already, Jalen Carter, just throwing grown men around like <laughs> like they're pee wee football players. That guy is going to be a problem. Uh, any final thoughts um, on the Commanders Eagles? 
Yeah. Um, any Commanders fans that listen to this pod, I hope you're not one of them, but uh, Emmanuel Forbes deleted his Twitter account, uh, I think, early this morning or early this week because of the hate and the and the shade he was getting from Commanders fans. Uh, yeah, from from criticism. So if, if you're a Commanders fan and you're listening to this and you're somebody that's throwing shade at Emmanuel Forbes, shame on you. <clears throat> like you said, Brian, I think this was a game where they put him out there to take his lumps. And I think for anyone on the team, between him and Terry McLaurin, probably that W would have meant more to, to the two of them because I do think that they left it all on the field. It's growing pains for the young kid. And I think that as a whole, I, I was very happy with how the team played. Um, you know, coming out, getting a hot start against them, leading going into half, like like you said earlier, you know, it's kind of a quote-unquote moral victory. You hate to say that, but I, I think that they should all walk away with their with their uh, heads held high, fans included, and stop shitting on Emmanuel Forbes. Yeah. Uh-huh. A.J. Brown? Brown? Yeah, well, sounds right. First, first team All Pro last year. One of the best two receivers in the entire league. Yep. And you and you could see um, after AJ Brown got that second touchdown, Emmanuel Forbes visibly upset, and he's not throwing a temper tantrum. He's just so pissed off. You see his teammates rally around him to pick the kid up because they know. Listen, man, you're fighting your ass off out there. Like they care about love him. He he cares I love about to see winning. That he's fired up. Exactly. Yes. No, that was that was a great draft pick, and some other good things that are going on in Washington. Brian Robinson continues uh, to get involved in the passing game. I love that um, he gets in the end zone, and Sam Howell bounces off, uh, bounces back, I should say, from a terrible game. When you throw four picks and get sacked nine times, it's hard to go on the road and play a team like the Eagles. But he throws for almost three hundred yards, no turnovers. So Sam Howell shows he's resilient, and I think going forward on this short week. We're going to see um, more of the Sam Howell we saw in week four, not so much what we saw in week three against Buffalo. All right. Agreed. Let's move on to my Dallas Cowboys. Speaking of bouncing back, how about them Cowboys? We give uh, <laughs> Bill Belichick the worst loss of his coaching career. Patriots lost by 35 points. Cowboys win 38 to three. And uh, this this was all about my Dallas Cowboys defense. I'm done saying we're the best in the league, especially with Trayvon Diggs out for the year. But I certainly think that we're top five. And when when we play a – I don't, I don't want to hate on Mac Jones too much. I'll, I'll say below average quarterback in Mac Jones. This is what's going to happen. Dallas Cowboys defense, um, and led by my guy Deron Bland. Speaking of Trayvon Diggs, um, you know, being out for the season, Deron Bland is a, was a nickel corner. He's playing the slot. We bumped him out. Uh, to the outside, and my goodness, did he play great. He had two interceptions in this game. One of them, he ran back for a touchdown. Jerron Bland, since he entered the league last year, has eight interceptions. That is the most in the NFL. So he's do- He's wow. not Trayvon Diggs. I'm not going to pretend he's Trayvon Diggs, but my God, is he doing his best Trayvon Diggs impression. So Jerron <laughs> Bland uh, playing great out there. Dante Fowler forced a fumble of Mac Jones. Leighton Vanderesh scoops it up, gets in the end zone. Our defense that uh, has now uh, had four defensive touchdowns this year that leads the NFL. But I want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys offense because, again, we struggle in the red zone. 
and a game against the Patriots where they, they, just, they couldn't do anything right, let's be honest, that's not going to come back to haunt you. But as we get into a tough opponent like the San Francisco 49ers, that is going to be trouble. So the red zone can, uh, woes continue for Dallas. But I do have a couple interesting stats that kind of make it seem like the Cowboys might be okay. All right, the Dallas Cowboys right now, our offense is number one in the NFL in sustained drives. The definition of a sustained drive is eight plays or more, okay? And we're number three overall in time of possession. So so mm. although we're faltering in the red zone, what, what I heard um, Greg Cosell say, one of my favorite guests on Colin, is although the Cowboys aren't doing well in the red zone, we're keeping the ball for such big chunks, our defense is fresh. So, like, we're not scoring as many points as we should, but when the defense comes in the game, they've been on the sidelines for 15 to 20 minutes. So, Mike and the boys are very fresh. Also, the Dallas Cowboys this year, the 2003 version, has scored in 15 straight quarters to open the season. That's the longest streak in team history. So, we got to mm. turn some of these field goals. Um, although I love our new kicker, Brandon Aubrey, much better than Brett Maher. Um, but we got to turn some of these, th- these threes into sevens going forward. But, John, I'm very happy that see my Cowboys bounce back from that tough loss against the Cardinals. Yeah, you got to be. I mean, to win in this fashion against, you know, Bill Belichick, who's arguably one of the best coaches in the league, <clears throat> guy always has his team prepared. Uh, so for you guys to come out and do this, um, I think we all predicted that you guys would win this game and probably handedly, but Wow. Um, so this is the only game I didn't get to watch cause I was still on my drive home. Um, sure. but I, you know, you're talking about ball control and time of possession. This, this game, uh, from the box score looks like, in my opinion, that Dak kind of led the team here, which is kind of surprising. Um, yeah. not massive rushing yards for Tony Pollard or Cavante Turpin. Um, CD lamb gets involved for, for a 12 yarder, but it looks like, Correct me if I'm wrong. This is kind of done on the arm of Dak in a lot of ways. Sure. No, it was, and and no, and no turnovers. He only has one interception. Yeah. It was a costly interception, but only one turnover through four weeks. Much better ratio than he had last year. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, it's great that you guys have. I mean, don't discredit your defense too much. Obviously, you guys are dealing with injuries, but this is a defense that holding the Patriots to three points, obviously these guys are going to keep you guys in games. And sometimes in certain matchups, it's obvious that they're going to uh, kind of give you guys a massive advantage here. And then the offense can just kind of do their thing. Um, yeah. I mean, that's got, this is, this has got to be a big uh, chest pounding game for you guys, especially uh, getting ready to go into another big, big opponent. So coming off of an, a week where you kind of get things rolling, Dak gets a bounce back week. Um, this has got to be refreshing for Cowboys fans. It certainly is. And on, on the other side, uh, for the New England Patriots, man, uh, they're going to struggle uh, this year, I fear. Um, Mac Jones gets benched. Bailey Zappi comes in the game. Apparently, Mac's going to get his starting job back. But people are calling for his head in Boston. And on the defensive side of the football, where the Patriots are, are much better and, and certainly well-coached under Bill Belichick, their best player, Matthew Judon, tears a bicep in this game. He might be out the rest of the season. He's going to be out indefinitely. And their number one pick, the corner out of Oregon, Christian Gonzalez, who we love so much, tears his labrum. He's out for the season. They traded the Chargers for J.C. Jackson today just to get another uh, you know, fresh body in there who's familiar with the system. The Patriots are struggling. And I, I hate to see Bill Belichick go out like this, but 
I feel his tenure um, is probably near the end there in New England. Yeah, side note real quick. Um, now that you mentioned uh, Christian Gonzalez, awful to hear about the injury. Uh, we've talked a ton about the corners because I was back and forth between Emmanuel Forbes or him for Washington. Yeah. Uh, there was also uh, another one uh, that got drafted by the Giants. I can't remember his name out of Maryland. Banks. But Deontay then, Banks. Deontay Banks. But then also Witherspoon with the Seattle Seahawks. Done. We're going to get into that here in a minute, but holy cow, man. That kid. Anyways, last note on the Cowboys game. Um, Jake Ferguson, your leading wide receiver. Essentially, yeah, let's go. End. So continuing trends here, man. Dak likes his tight ends. Uh, keep an eye out. Fantasy players. Um, that's that's not a trend that's going away anytime soon. Yeah, if, if for some reason Jake Ferguson is still on your waiver wire, I would rush to go pick him up right now. I know in most of my leagues he's already been scooped, as he should. Uh, but that was a great yeah, segue, John. Yeah, a league with a bunch of Cowboys fans. Yeah, how about them Cowboys? <laughs> and we love you all, and thank you for listening. Uh, uh, great segue to talk about uh, Devin Witherspoon, the first-round pick out of Illinois. I know you guys drafted his teammate, um, Martin, the uh, the other corner. He has, a, like, yeah, Jartavius. Quan Martin. Okay. He goes uh, by Quan De- Jartavis. Uh, uh, Devin Witherspoon. I Not only did he have the pick six, I'm not sure I've seen a corner coming out of college who loves to hit so much. He was physical in the, oh, yes, this Monday night game against the Giants. He's in there. He's a headhunter. He looks like a safety. But he didn't have to do a whole lot of work. Neither did the, the uh, remaining defenders for the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> because without Andrew Thomas, the star <sighs> left tackle, and Saquon Barkley, the franchise running back, Daniel Jones had another terrible primetime performance. This was the third primetime game already of the year for the Giants. The NFL needs to just do them a solid, take them off of primetime <laughs> games. doesn't matter Seriously. if this game was was played at 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, or primetime, though. The Giants, I, I just don't think they're very good right now. They won seven or eight one-possession games last year, so although they were a playoff team and won a playoff game, a lot of those were close wins. But these are not close losses. They're getting their doors blown off. The offense is completely inept. Darren Waller, they they you know they bring over the the tight end in, in a, a huge trade in the offseason. The guy's a non-factor. He's got like three catches for thirty yards. A bunch of C-minus wide receivers with Isaiah Hodgins and Wandale Robinson and Paris Campbell. They're not doing anything. The offensive line is struggling. Brian Dable's hollering at Daniel Jones because he's throwing bonehead interceptions like like the old Daniel Jones. And guess what, Giants fans? Like I know you're probably not happy about it now, but get used to it. Because you paid the guy $160 million. Now, don't get me wrong. You can turn right around. It's a great quarterback draft. And draft a quarterback in the first round and, and figure Daniel Jones woes out later. But you're paying this guy. He's making $40 million this year. You made your bed, and now you have to lie with it. Saquon should be back, if not this week, um, um, within the next few weeks. But I'm not quite sure, John, if that makes a difference. The Giants right now, one of the worst teams in the NFL. It's crazy. It's like the Giants last year. I feel like the Giants this year are what we expected from the Giants last year. Yeah. And last year they came out, they won these one possession games. They showed a ton of grit and that is nowhere to be found. The Seattle Seahawks just pushed them around. I fell asleep at halftime and I was already <laughs> kind of, kind of just in my head. I, I could see that this game was going to get bad. And it just things snowballed downhill again for Daniel Jones. As you mentioned, not great right now in primetime. He's the new Kirk Cousins. We've already said it. 
Um, he's their leading rusher. So obviously the team is struggling if Daniel Jones is your leading rusher with 66 yards. They desperately miss Saquon Barkley. They desperately yes. miss Andrew Thomas. And like you said, I mean, not just this year, they've got Daniel Jones on a contract. This team goes as Saquon goes. We've said it over and over and over again. And until that's fixed, like not a lot to look forward to Giants fans on Sundays or on no. any other day. No, this is the only team in the NFL that doesn't have a takeaway this year. And that has nothing to do with Daniel Jones. I mean, they, they got Wink Martindale, a, a, a solid defensive coordinator there. They have yet to take the ball that, away. That's, that's so confusing, right? I mean, like, they were so good defensively last year with Wink. And it's right. just, uh, it's not there. No, as, and as you no, talked I, about, they, they, they use their first-round pick on a corner. That's That hasn't helped. Apparently, Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams aren't getting the push that they got last year. And it's it's... I just don't see it getting any better. Uh, my, my last stat here on the Giants, they've had the lead for 19 seconds this year. They've been with they they, they, they they came back in the last minute against Arizona. And for that final right. 19 seconds when they got their only win, that's the only time that they've been ahead on the scoreboard the entire season. That is tough. daunting. All right, let's get into my NFC East quarterback power rankings. Um, since we're talking about Daniel Jones, I'll start from the bottom up. Because Daniel Jones, you have found yourself alone in the basement, my friend. Daniel Jones is fourth. All right, third this week. We're going to leave third blank. Because I have Dak Prescott and Sam Howell tied for second right now. After Whoa. that after that gutsy performance from Sam. Will's note. I, I have to because I, I just love the way that the, the kid played on the road. Um, the, the fact that they had to score a touchdown to force overtime, and he did it. He finds Jahan Dotson in the corner of the end zone to force overtime. I think that's Great a grown throw. man. Only Great. where Jahan can get it. That's a grown man NFL throw. And for that, I think Sam Howell can be tied with Dak. I, I don't want to get crazy Listen, and put him ahead of Dak yet. He played two of the toughest teams in the NFL, in my opinion, in the last two weeks. So I know he had a poor showing against Buffalo, but yeah, I'm super proud of the kid. Absolutely. And um, number one, still not playing his best football, but Jalen Hurts, um, he's he's uh, he's the best of the group, but still not not playing like he played last year. That's for sure. Is it a Jalen issue right now, or do you think it's just the learning kind of the growth process with the new offensive coordinator? I think that's what it is. The entire offense as a whole just doesn't look right. Other than AJ Brown seems to have figured it out, but um, yeah, <laughs> I, I just think yeah, so, something isn't clicking. Hey, listen, I think, I don't... Jack Del Rio committed to stopping the run that game. He put Forbes on an island out there by himself. Good for you, AJ Brown. But it's uh, we'll it's <laughs> it's questionable though. What's going on with Philadelphia? Is is it? Is, I'm, did Jaylen... I'm feeling like they're susceptible. I'm feeling like they're susceptible. I honestly, right now, if I was ranking teams, I know we haven't started the power rankings of teams and we're just doing quarterbacks right now, but if it yeah. were me, I would put Dallas, Dallas at the top of the division right now. Interesting. Second. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, they've got, they've got a tough game. We'll talk. They're, they're, they're going to Los Angeles this week and the Rams um, are playing pretty good football. Uh, we'll save that game though, because I want to start our week five preview with Thursday night football, of course. And this is the lowly Chicago Bears, one of the only two winless teams in all of football, will uh, go oh, to the God. nation's capital. I already saw it. This game is a sellout. I love that you guys are selling these games out consistently now. Uh, Washington is up to a six-point favorite. I believe Ludd's, when I sent him the spreads, it was five and a half or five so. And a half. But, you, 
But you guys, uh, you guys get Justin Fields on the Bears. Now, Justin Fields by far had his best game of the season last week. He got the Bears off to a big lead against Denver. I think it was his first 300-yard passing game of his career. So I'm, I'm happy for Justin to get some confidence. It's a dumpster fire in Chicago, though. They've lost either 13 or 14 in a row. The rumor is that if they lose tomorrow night in Washington, they're going to tell Matt Eberflus not to board the plane, and he's going to get Kick fired. It. Yeah, Kick so th- this is bad, but I think this is a perfect Your name's Eberflus, bro. I mean, like, come on. It's dude. not good. No, no, it's just not good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, but I think this is a perfect situation for Washington to get right. Coming off of, you know, one game where you get your doors blown off by Buffalo, one very respectable loss. I think you guys get back in the win column here. Um, I'll break down the game a little bit more uh, after after you finish. But I'm going to I'm gonna say Washington actually swallows the points. And I'll say um, Commanders 24 to 13. I got them with the win. Okay. Um, man, I, this is a game we talked to, you know, I was kind of giving you my thoughts a little bit pre-pod, like these games always make me nervous, you know, whenever the commanders are built up, you know, it's, it's the, the lowly bears, no wins, you know, haven't looked good. Can't put the pieces together. Who knows what's going on with fields. Eberflus might be getting fired. Like ever that all of that stuff just makes me so nervous for this game. Short week, you know, overtime game last week. It's uh, it's nerve wracking. I think the biggest thing with the commanders, obviously, I want to see us win. But coming off of the two games, you know, uh, most recently, I, we need to see consistency. We need to see the team start leveling out. And I think this is a perfect game for that. I think this is an opportunity for us to kind of, uh, you know, lay our claim or, or or kind of tailor the game and and, and have the game flow. Uh, based on our play, uh, dictate the game to the Bears. I think defensively, um, I think, I'm hoping, uh, I'm staking my claim, I'm calling my shot. I think defensively, we are going to crush the Bears. Um, I think that our front four is going to put the pieces together. I think Montez Sweat, a lot of what I've been listening to lately coming out of uh, Commander's Park, Montez Sweat and Deron Payne play on the same side of the ball a lot, and they've got a ton of snaps together. Whereas Chase Young and John Allen are kind of because of Chase's injuries, they don't have that same kind of cohesiveness. Um, they don't have each other completely figured out yet. I'm hoping that the four of them, this is a kind of a bonding experience and that they really pull it together. I would love to see uh, the young Emmanuel Forbes bounce back, get himself another interception this game. But I think Fields is just going to have his hands full. Um, the Bears offense struggles Uh you know, they looked okay in the first half against Denver. Um, but I, I do think that this is an opportunity for our defense to dominate and show people why uh, so much hype has been on this defense for so long. Offensively, again, like I said, consistency, man. I just want to see EB put together a, a good, consistent game plan, continue on the on the uh, positives from the Eagles game, right? Like you lose that game, but there were a ton of positives out of the offense. Let's get the run game established. Brian Robinson continue to pound the rock um, and get the others involved where need be. But uh, Sam Howell, man, just come out and, and and carry on that that positivity. Like I said, carry on that that uh, charisma that you had against the Eagles. You do. He does such a good job of kind of putting away the negative. So if there were any negatives, you know, here in the Eagles game, 
I'm sure he's going to be able to shoulder those. This is an opportunity for him to come out and really show that, hey, I am the guy for this Washington Commanders team going forward. So, All right. John, your defense needs to get right because I have a jarring stat for you here. The Washington Commanders defense has given up 30-plus points in three games in a row. You get you Brian, guys, you guys. Yes, we played the we played the Eagles and the Buffalo Bills, and the Denver Broncos. Okay, okay, mistakes happen. <laughs> no, honestly, Russell Wilson does look a lot better this year. As much as Denver has struggled, uh, Russ is Russ is playing decent football, so that's not bad to give up thirty points to Denver. But yeah. you got no. I hear this you. is the get, this is the get right week. The stat that I was alluding to you pre pod that doesn't bode well for the Washington Commanders. Teams that played, teams that have played in overtime on Sunday, and then have to come back on a short week on Thursday, are a combined three in twenty-one in the history of the NFL. Oof! Now most of those teams uh, were not one, but you know, yeah, yeah, we were not playing <laughs> the Chicago Bears. The Bears are a mess. I mean, supposedly they're about to kick Chase Claypool, you know, off the team. There was a few positives um, in in the game that they had against Denver. It seems like DJ Moore uh, was starting to find a rapport w- with Justin Fields, but other than that, the Bears' defense is is com- is a complete mess. I mean, Matt Eberflus, their coach, he's a defensive coach. Like, and you can't even get your side of the ball right. I mean, they're spending a lot of high capital draft picks on defensive players. They don't look good. There's really no positives about the Chicago Bears right now, other than. Justin Fields finally had a 300-yard game. Honestly, I I think Justin Fields can have some. Is that the individual... first in his career? Yeah, first of his career, man. Wow. Okay. Isn't it wild? CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud, two games into his NFL career, had more 300-yard passing games <clears throat> than Justin Fields, who's now in his fourth season. So that that, that goes wild. a lot to say in that. But I mean, they have just stunted this kid's development in Chicago. I'm not I, I'm not trying to say that under the right coaching, Justin Fields is a pro bowler, but they have done him no favors and they will continue to do him no favors going forward. Right. I, I, I think uh, I think the Bears are just a mess right now. They're a dumpster fire. I think the Bears lose this game. I think they fire their coach. I think they kick off, kick Chase Claypool off the team. And it's a complete rebuild. It's a dumpster fire. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, somebody like Caleb Williams, the quarterback for USC, who's most likely to be the number one pick in the draft, says, hey, Chicago, I'm not playing for you. You know, pulls the old like Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. But um, a little bit of, uh, you know, silver lining for my Bears fans who are listening out there. Dad, if you're out there, I love you. Thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> the Chicago Bears currently hold the first and second draft pick in this year's uh, NFL draft. So, like, if you can, wow. if you can get – Caleb, uh, Caleb Williams, they got that pick for because they had the number one pick this year, and they got the Panthers uh, pick. So right. right now, the Panthers are the second worst. So if you, if you can get a Caleb, you get a Caleb Williams, the first and second, yeah, yeah, and then say the second pick overall you draft. I don't know Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio State. It's like boom, Ooh. all of a sudden you get a sexy offensive coach like you know the, the Colts got Shane Steichen, whoever the next Shane Steichen is. Um, it's it's like all of a sudden it's like this exciting it's a whole it's it's a new rebuild but for now i think uh the dark days continue for the monsters of the midway um what's your final score on this one yeah i was actually pretty close to you um and i i've been building it up more and more in my head throughout the day but um i'm going 27 13 commanders 27 13 i like that game i we we have to win this game by at least 10 to 12 points to really feel like okay this is this is us putting our stamp on this game. 
in my opinion. I agree. No, it's, it's it win dominantly. Like, look good. This is this is a primetime game. Um, you know, look good and impress the nation. Um, and, and that crowd's going to be loud. And I think you guys give them plenty to cheer about. All right, let's go to a team that gives their fan base nothing to cheer about, and that is the New York Football Giants. And they are traveling to <laughs> South <laughs> South Beach to face the Dolphins. So the Dolphins are coming off of a beatdown by the Buffalo Bills. You don't think they're going to be a little bit motivated? You don't think Mike McDaniel's going to have his guys ready? The Dolphins are 11-point favorites. That's the largest spread of the weekend. I don't think That's Miami is going to – Not big enough. I don't think Miami is going to come out there – and put 70 on them, but goddamn, they might put 50 or 60. Uh, this, oh, dear this, God. this is going to be trouble. Like Miami's healthy. Uh, Jalen Waddle have missed a game earlier in the year. He's back. Obviously you got Tyree kill the cheetah, this kid, they drafted out of Texas A&M, I believe Devin Achan or Achain. All of a sudden, Achan, uh, yeah. This dude's got six touchdowns in two games. Just came out of nowhere. He's a top 10 fantasy back. They also still, they still have Raheem Mostert healthy. Jeff Wilson Jr. is coming off of IR, another decent running back for them. And Tua is healthy, although Tua struggled last weekend against Buffalo. I think we all know right now, if we had to do a power rankings for the entire NFL, it's either Buffalo or San Francisco, two best teams in the league right now. And I think yeah. that loss, probably maybe what the Dolphins needed, because everybody is riding the Dolphins' coattails after that 70-point game. You know, so it's like they came back down to reality. Now Mike McDaniel can put the tape on, show them what, you know, show them, hey, you guys, you guys aren't that great. And now they're going to play angry. They're at home. The Giants are coming down to Miami. It's hot down here, John. I went for a run today, and I don't, I'm still two or three hours north of Miami. It was 85, 90 degrees with humidity. It's going to, it's, it's getting, and you know, the, uh, the way that they set up Hard Rock Stadium is uh, the, the Holmes team gets the shade. Oh, yeah. The away yep. team gets that sun. So Daniel Always. Jones is, is going to be hot under the collar. But I, I think if Saquon comes back in this game, and I really hope he does for, for you Giants fans out there, if Saquon can come back in this game, the Miami Dolphins defense, for all the points they put up, is not great. So I would just like to see the Giants get some sustained drives, get in the end zone, get some confidence, like find Darren Waller. I mean, how could you miss him? He's like six, 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 seven. Find Darren Waller, Jalen Hyatt. Maybe can get behind the defense. Um, this this Dolphins secondary is certainly susceptible. Andrew Thomas should be back. Saquon might be back. Still, certainly don't think it's enough. I'm gonna go. I'll go about the spread. I'll go Miami thirty three to twenty in this game. How about you? <clears throat> Dang, giving the Giants a little bit there. Um, a little bit. No, so first you mentioned Darren Waller, sore spot for me right now. Uh, needed six points to beat the old man in the uh, Palm Harbor Fantasy League. Comes up oh. a five and change dagger. Lost by less than a point. Shout out, Dad. Good for you. Um, Love you, Pops. But no, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. Like, you want to see Saquon Barkley back because if there's any hope at all for the Giants in keeping this game close, it's going to be keeping the Miami Dolphins of offense off the field. Um, you've got to control time of possession, and you're going to do that yes. in the run game, right? You're not going to do that with Daniel Jones. So um, I think, you know, three positions to look at uh, for the Miami Dolphins, you know, 24 to three against the Seattle Seahawks against Geno Smith, Kenneth Walker, and Zach Charbonnet, right? <laughs> yeah. Now you're playing an upgrade in Tua, and you could argue an upgrade with Mostert and Achain versus 
Walker and Charbonnet. Um, yeah. It does not bode well for the Giants, man. Um, sorry to say it, Giants fans, but yeah, I think this is going to be another rough one. I'm going to say 35 to 10. Oof. Yeah, it, it could get ugly. I feel like the Giants' only chance to remain in this game is to score early because, you know, Miami's getting in that end zone, you know, quick, fast, and in a hurry. The Giants got to match that energy. If the, if, if, if the Giants could get to even a 7 nothing lead, that'd be huge. But if Miami scores first, the Giants have to respond quickly. If not, it's going to get out of hand. And, uh, I mean, I looked at the schedule. We'll talk more about it in, in uh pause that we do later in the year that the giant schedule just does not get any easier the wheels mm-hmm. could fall off this wagon man and brian dable is, oh, a, yeah. is a great coach i don't think he's in danger certainly of losing his job um but and before before you know it uh you know this giants team if, if, if they get their doors blown off here we could be looking at a four or five win team it's just not good and, uh, the, the, yeah. and this game is coming at the worst time well, and, and another thing, and we kind of talked about it last year, and we hinted toward it. Like you've got uh, what is it, Joe Shane, right? Is their their new GM and Dable? Yes, they have yet to put kind of their stamp on this team. So don't be surprised, Giants fans, if things continue to sour for you guys. If there's a fire sale here, and next year, you know it, it's going to be free agency in the draft, and Joe Shane putting his stamp on this team. Yep. Well, we will look to see if the Giants can bounce back. Now let's get to the moment I've been waiting for. Dun 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 dun. Sunday night football. The old rivalry is renewed. Dallas Cowboys traveling to the Bay Area to play the San Francisco 49ers, the thorn in my side, the team that has eliminated us from the playoffs each of the last two seasons. My goodness, John, can I not wait for this football game? I've been waiting all week for Sunday night. It cannot come soon enough. (laughs) Right now, we've got the Niners as a four-point favorite. It's in floating around, I believe, Luds, um, who – uh, he was on the podcast earlier, guys. I don't know if you heard his voice. His internet connection uh, fell off. He did send me a voice memo with his pick, so we will get to you in just a second, Mr. Ludlow. I believe Lud's better at three and a half. Depending on where you're at, if you're up, if you're at the Caesar Sportsbook or DraftKings, it could be floating around. But the Niners are four-point favorites, and Vegas has given them three points, which gives me some confidence that they're telling me this is pretty much an even game. Dallas Cowboys defense, though. This uh, this is going to be quite a test for you guys. Uh, I saw a stat this week that the Dallas Cowboys play the highest percentage of cover one in the NFL. For for you novices out there, cover one is man coverage with a single high safety, meaning they're pretty much leaving everybody out on an island. And I think it's time, John, that, that we stop looking at Brock Purdy as like Mr. Irrelevant. Oh, this guy, I can't believe he's having success because he was drafted at the last pick in the draft a couple years ago. This is a certified, solid NFL quarterback. He has won every single game he has ever played that he started and finished. His only loss Great. that he started was the Eagles game, the NFC Championship. He's never lost a regular season game, and he's just like the perfect point guard where he's distributing to these elite weapons christian mccaffrey had four touchdowns last week he has a touchdown in every single game he's ever played as a 49er he tied jerry rice's record 
his oh wide receivers. Gosh. Brandon Ayuk is coming off a career-high game in receiving yards. Debo Samuel is a Swiss Army knife. George Kittle might be a little long in the tooth, but he's still a top-five tight end in the league. And, of course, their offensive line led by Trent Williams is opening up holes. So, Dallas Cowboys defense, you have to be on your game. I was bragging about Jerron Bland earlier. I don't know if he's going to be matched up with Ayuk or Debo, but you are going to be tested because Brock Purdy is going to be out there slinging the rock. John, I want to ask you a question and let you get into this game a little bit because i got a whole lot to say. I'll save it for the end. Uh, in my family fantasy football league, my two quarterbacks are Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott. Uh, am I being disrespectful to Dak Prescott? Because right now – I. I'm starting Brock Purdy. Are you being disrespectful? Yeah, absolutely. But you're an anti-daxer okay. now, remember? <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, yeah, I mean, listen, that's a tough call. I feel like they're two similar quarterbacks, or at least you want Dak to be the quarterback that Brock Purdy is, right? You yes. want Dak to limit turnovers and just distribute the ball. Be the point right. guard. When Dak tries to do too much or when too much of the game is in Dak's hands, that's when you guys struggle, uh, or at least historically. So, um, nah, I don't know. I don't know if it's disrespectful. I mean, I think that's the safe play. Um, I yeah, think that's that, I think. I think that the if you want the higher ceiling, you go Dak because there are games and times where he's going to get it done with his feet or he's going to throw a couple of deep bombs. Brock Purdy's going to get you, you know, nice neat window of ceiling to floor yeah um as for the game though one note um that i kind of have been thinking about is yes we love the 49ers right like we respect i shouldn't say we love them we respect them hat tip to them but so far this year they have not played much competition um they've played the steelers who are clearly struggling yes uh, and can't figure it out offensively um, they've played the Giants, which we just noted are bottom, you know, Awful. third of the NFL <laughs> easy. And they've played the Cardinals, who respectable, but clearly, you know, need work, need need help yeah. on that roster. And then lastly, they played the Rams, who gave them their best test. They have not seen competition like the Cowboys yet. They've had you guys' number in years past. But I do think that this is a really good opportunity. Uh, again, for the Cowboys to come out and assert some dominance here and, and show the world that they can play with a top tier team. Um, I think that this is an opportunity. Um, I mean, like you guys are going on the road, so it's difficult. And, and a place like San Francisco, it's going to be wild. Uh, but this is this is a really good opportunity for Dallas to kind of take the bull by the horns and, and really show the NFL, you know, if you guys are actually legit this year or not. Um, this is going to be one of your biggest competitors, uh, probably in the postseason, if you guys make it. <laughs> um, uh, but no, I, I would like to see. It's tough, man. It's like this, I have the 49ers built up so much in my head, but I do just think this is a sneaky game for Dallas. Um, I think you guys have built up a lot of confidence coming off of that Patriots win. Um, defense, if you guys can mute some of what Purdy does by kind of not allowing those big plays after the catch. Um, Christian McCaffrey is going to do what he does. But I think if you can at least help limit some of the, like I said, the yards after the catch plays from 
from Ayuk and from uh, from Kittle from um, Debo. I think you guys have a really good chance to not only stay in this game but to win the game um, defensively. Obviously, um, <laughs> pumping the fist. De- Let's go. Defensively, obviously, the San Francisco 49ers are also strong. Um, but I think that the Cowboys over the last couple of weeks have shown that they can be a balanced team at times, and you're going to have to bring some of that, right? We always say it, like, and I and I kind of just reiterated it, like, if this game, if you guys fall behind quickly, um, this game could get ugly because yeah. you don't want to have to rely on Dak's arm to win you the game. So got to have Tony Pollard step up and, and have a good game here. Um, you've got to have, uh, even uh, did Rico Dowdle get hurt? No, he's, he's healthy. I think he got banged up okay. last week, but, but he came back. He'll be, he'll be active in this game. Okay. I thought I saw a note about that, but yeah. So, uh, Jake Ferguson going to have to see you step up. Uh, Brandon cooks, not so much involved yet this year. Uh, he's, he's been a ghost. Would like to maybe, you know, let's see, let's see a couple deep shots from your Cowboys. Um, just to, just to keep this thing interesting. Um, so I say all that I, I, to hype up your boys a little bit, but I still just don't know if I – I got to see it first, you know, but right. I, I still don't think I can take them, take them to win. Um, I do think they keep it close, though. Uh, I'm going to take this game 21-20, to 20, San Francisco. I love it. Yeah, no, I think I think this definitely uh, is going to be Cowboys plus points. I, I, lo- I love the Cowboys plus points. Uh, you, you mentioned Tony Pollard. And I think this this game may completely be centered around number 20 for the Cowboys, because if you remember last year in that divisional playoff game, the last time we saw Tony Pollard, he was being carted off the field with a broken tibia. And that that was early on. That was in the first half of this football game when it was still very competitive. It was competitive down to the end. But in the first half, it looked the Cowboys, they came to play ball. So this this has to just Tony Pollard like has to just feel like the weight of the world is on his shoulders. And I feel like he's going to be very motivated to show that, hey, I am that dude. They let Zeke go. I'm here on the franchise tag. I'm ready to get the bag, and I'm going to be the difference. We're going to win this game because Tony Pollard is healthy. And if that happens, I'm going to be out of control next week. But <laughs> let's take it one, <laughs> one step at a time. But to me, um, as much as I think Tony's going to be the X factor, this game comes down to number four, Dak Prescott. Uh, last year uh, against the 49ers in the playoffs, he threw two costly interceptions, something that he did all too much last season one of them was to uh to fred warner down in the red zone yeah his entire freaking career Um, (laughs) dak i i i'm i'm because i love you so much i i want to put my my anti-daxer label aside for this week if 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 you let me down i'm coming hard next week at you i'm gonna be freaking aaron Rodgers against the vaccine that's how hard i'm i'm coming at you (laughs) but uh but right now, I believe in you, brother, because I think that this is your moment. I think this this is this is your shot because it's it's the game is going to be played on uh, October eighth. <laughs> if this game was yeah. January eighth, I, I, I would be very very <laughs> trepid to make this prediction. But I think because we we are the Dallas Cowboys, and, and, and it just feels right that the Cowboys get this win. And that all of me and my ignorant friends like start beating our chest saying, how about them Cowboys? We beat the Niners. If we can beat the Niners, we can beat anybody. This is our year. It just seems like this is the perfect game to set us up for failure in the postseason. So I, how about them Cowboys? I, I think we win this game. I think, I think we send a statement. I was to the very league. close to picking you guys. Yeah. I think, I think this is a statement game to the league to show that 
the Eagles and the 49ers, they're still there. They both have zeros in the loss column right now, but we're coming for that number one spot. Something, as I, I'm, I alluded to earlier in the podcast, Brett Money Maher, who missed all those field goals and extra points, he's out in Los Angeles kicking for the Rams. We got a soccer player named Brandon Albury from the USFL who didn't even Ooh, kick field goals in high school. He's going to be a soccer player. <laughs> and this guy has yet to miss an NFL kick. Um, the the uh, San Francisco 49ers also have a terrific uh, kicker. His name is like Jake Moody. He's like a, he's a rookie mm-hmm. from Oklahoma state. He's yet to miss yep. in his young career. So this could come down to battle of the right legs of the two kickers, but I've got a late Brandon Albury field goal. And I've got the Dallas Cowboys pulling off the road upset 24 to 21. Wow, dude. I do. I'm, I'm I mean, so just, this is a football it's not game. Far-fetched. This, this, it's not far-fetched. This is a great game, man. This is a great Sunday night game. Great. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. excited. Sunday night classic. I mean, the uniforms, I could, you could just picture it in your head. It's such a yes. great game every time y'all have to match up. And it's even better because both y'all are very good teams right now. So, and, and Dak Prescott, as, as much as I, he's only thrown one interception, I love that. Brock Purdy's thrown zero. So this literally comes it, – it might come down to, like, not like – like, both of them might put up less than 15 fantasy points. But it's going to come down to, out of Brock and Dak, maybe who doesn't make the costly play to cost them yeah. the, the, the game. Because, you know, both yeah. these defenses, you got Nick Bosa on one side, you got Micah Parsons on the other, two of the best edge rushers in all of football. Like the defenses are going to are gonna be making plays. So maybe it's who doesn't have the costly turnover um, to, uh, to, to uh, actually see who wins this game. Cannot wait. Um, let's finish it up. Uh, Jay Luds, we appreciate you sending in the voice memo. He was on the pod earlier. Uh, obviously, we know on the NFC East Feast, technical difficulties certainly happen. Uh, Jay Luds is 5-9. and nine. He went one and two last week, so he's still fighting. Mm. He's in there. Tough if he can have weeks. a good week this week, he started hot. He can started hot. It's it's been a crazy year in the NFL. It's hard to bet, um, but let's see what Luds has in store for us this week. Week five, I was on live with the boys, but <clears throat> storming up here by my house, lost internet connection. Figured I'd send a quick memo, apologize to everybody, but here's the picks for the week: um, five and nine overall. Another tough week last week. Um, you know, just some good games again with that NFC East. And, you know, I'm trying my best. Hopefully I can redeem everybody, put some money in your pockets this week. Uh, first on, game bro. I want to talk about is tomorrow night, Chicago at Washington. Washington's minus five and a half. Might even jumped up to six at this point. Um, I think commandos are going to run this game. I think uh, – Let's go. They're going to command that offense. Um, Chicago hasn't been able to stop anybody this year. Fields, as everybody knows, you know, um, hasn't looked good this year. They're 0-4 team on the road, short week. I got the commandos coming off that emotional loss. 30-17, to oh. Washington minus 5.5. Wow, let's get you let's guys putting up a 30-burger on Thursday night football. Well, Listen, Luds is starting Sam Howell, man. He's got tons of confidence. He told us pre-pod he's starting Sam Howell in his fantasy league. I like it, man. Let's go. I know Jay Luds loves, loves to say Howell. Yeah, I was we waiting for him to give me a little Sam Howell. <laughs> uh, next game on the docket, I want to go New York Giants at the Miami Dolphins. Giants, uh, before I got kicked off, the boys were getting into the Giants game last week. I mean, they just look pitiful. Uh, they're going up against, <laughs> I think, the top-scoring offense in the NFL, the Miami Dolphins, at home. Um, Miami's favored 11 points this game. 
I got the Dolphins 35-20. I'm and I'm giving I'm giving the Giants 20 points just because I think Saquon's going to be back this week, so yeah. maybe the offense can get it rolling a little bit. But uh, I just don't see that defense being able to stop the Dolphins this week. I got Dolphins minus 11 in that game. Uh, next game, I'm, I'm saving the Dallas game for last because I think it is the game of the week, but I'm going to go shoot over to Philly at the Los Angeles Rams. Um, kind of a tough spread. They got Philly at minus four and a half. Um, kind of a head scratcher. I mean, I know the Rams have played well. John, I just realized we didn't go over Eagles and Rams. <laughs> I was so excited to talk to Cowboys. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'll let Lutz finish, though, first, and then we'll actually oh talk about Eagles and Rams. Uh, I, I think I'm going to stick with Vegas on this. I'm, I'm going to go minus <laughs> four and a half with Philly on this. I got a 26-21 Eagles. Uh, I think it's a competitive game, uh, but I do think the Eagles have enough firepower on offense. And as B alluded to, I just don't think they've even played their best football yet. So maybe they show up uh, in L.A. this week and, and, and bring it hard to uh, the Rams. But, yeah, I got a 26-21 Eagles. Uh, last game on the docket, Dallas at San Francisco, traveling to San Fran. San Francisco minus four points. Um, I got Dallas, guys. I got Dallas plus four. I think they hang in there, game. It's going to be a close one. I think a field goal score. I got a 26-23 Niners. I think the Niners do pull away. Uh, Brock Purdy, man, it's a tough out. Uh, but the way Dallas has been playing on defense, I mean, I think they can keep it close. But I, I do got San Fran winning this one in a close one. Dallas plus the points. My upset parlay of the week, New York Jets plus two at Denver. Okay. Denver's uh, defense is trash. And I think if uh, yes, Zach Wilson can play the way he played last week, I think I think the Jets can pull it out. They're, they're starving for a win. And their defense is pretty solid. I don't think Russell Wilson's going to be able to handle that D-line. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, New York Jets plus two at Denver, and I got the New Orleans Saints coming off a tough loss in Tampa, uh, or at home actually against Tampa. But um, I think New Orleans defense is pretty solid, and New England, um, yeah, they're just they're not showing enough on offense. Mac Mac Jones hasn't looked good. I, I think New Orleans defense gets it done. I got New Orleans plus one and a half in New England. Um, I like that. And that's that's my picks of the week, mm-hmm. boys. Good luck to everybody. <clears throat> I apologize again. I got booted off. And um, hope all your teams do well, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Well, Lutz, thank you for those picks, and thank you for reminding me that I got so excited, (laughs) and I pre-came a little bit on my Cowboys and Niners. But there is another game in this division, and that's the Eagles flying out to Los Angeles. Yeah, not cool. Undefeated team, Eagles fans, I certainly apologize. I think this is a a tough game. Uh, Lutz had the Eagles um, winning this game. And I think we could we could go over this briefly. I do think the Eagles get it done, but I think this is this uh, this is going to be a, a battle. Cooper Cup was at practice today. Not sure if he's uh-huh. going to return, uh, but man, if if they get Cooper Cup back in that lineup and you pair him with Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell, Puka Nakua, and, uh, Puka Nakua and Tyler Higby, our uh, shout out to East Lake High and, and your dad coaching him, uh, signed a three year extension. Guy got paid yeah, okay. three contracts in the NFL. Paid. And uh, their their uh, running back, uh, Kyron Williams, who has, who has come out of nowhere. The guy's got six touchdowns. He's doing so good. They kick Cam Akers to the curb. The Rams are the real hey, deal. Hold hold the phone on Kyron Williams. Uh, hip contusion Uh-oh. projected not to participate in today's practice. Sean McVay says it's a precautionary move, but might be something to keep an eye on. Yeah, Especially fantasy, if you're guys, starting watch out. fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, watch out for Kyron. 
Oh, he do. He's probably the waiver wire pickup of the year, if not Puka Nakua. But yeah, the, the, what Sean McVay has done with this patchwork offense, you know, like it's just I think goes to show you the football genius uh, that he truly is. Matthew Stafford got injured again last week, but of course stayed in the game. That guy is tough as nails. Uh, I think oh, the Rams Iron. put up a hell of a fight. But that, I don't think this is the game that the Eagles lose. Not quite yet. I think the, I'll say the Rams have the lead in the fourth quarter. But Jalen Hurst shows that moxie. Maybe the tush push on a late third and one to give them a fresh set of downs. I'm just going to bet on Jake sides. Elliott. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm going to bet on Jake <laughs> Elliott. I think, that, I think this kid is absolutely a stud. Best kicker in the NFL. And I've got the Eagles, uh, I'll say, 26 to 23. How about you? I like that. Um, I, I think I, I looked at the over-under on this. It's uh, set at 50 and a half. I kind of like the over here. I like the Me Eagles' too. defense, obviously. We, we all um, tip our hats to them, and as well as they played last year and, and so far into the season looking pretty good. Um, but I, I, as you mentioned, all the firepower on the Rams, right? All the firepower on the Eagles, all the firepower on the Rams. Uh, I feel like this is going to set itself up uh, to be uh, a game I don't know why I have a feeling uh, kind of what you just said, maybe not even in the fourth quarter that the Rams have the lead, but I could see the Rams go up early here on the Eagles, kind of catch them off guard. The commanders did. Uh, they've got to travel out West, which is always difficult for NFL teams. So uh, look for the Rams, I think, to maybe get off on a, uh, to a hot start here, especially if their offense is reinvigorated with a, with a Cooper cup coming back from injury. Um, so I, I think this definitely has the potential to be a shootout. Would like to see, you know, the backbone of Jalen Hurts, as you mentioned, kind of come through uh, for the win. The Eagles win a lot of those close games uh, historically, um, you know, last year uh, on the shoulders of Jalen Hurts. Um, obviously a solid run team as well. So um, I, I think Eagles, let's say Eagles 28, uh, Rams 27 close oh yes so we both got a close game i think yeah i think this game is going to be a nice appetizer for the cowboys niners again i apologize for skipping it <laughs> but i think like i think if you didn't uh, even want it you were skipping apps oh uh, yes yeah, so, yeah, i was no, i was going right going for, straight for the, the main entree. course but i think if, if if you sit down for an east feast on sunday um you you turn this game on at 4 30 you get you get you get, you get your belly a little bit full of some some great mm -hmm. football and then, you know, uh, unbuckle, unbuckle the belt a little bit, give yourself some time to breathe, and then enjoy Sunday night football. But it all kicks off on Thursday night. Good luck to your commanders. John, any final thoughts yeah. as we go into week five? No, this is an exciting week. I feel like there's a lot of games this week, um, at least for three teams. Um, sorry, Giants. Uh, that could be some pretty big defining moments, right? Um, I mean, yes. the Eagles, I don't necessarily know that they have to define themselves to anybody. Um, but the Rams will be a good test for them. And then if, if the Commanders and the Cowboys get a victory here, you know, I think it says a lot about both of those teams. So I'm excited. Me too. This division just keeps on giving. And we appreciate you all listening to the NFC East. Free. Free.